This is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson coming to you from Gadigal Land and this is The Full Story, Newsroom Edition, where Guardian Australia's editors discuss the news of the week. Australia has the most diverse bird life on the planet and their songs fill up our vast landscape. But one in six are now threatened and this year, nine more have been listed as even closer to extinction. Since 2017, The Guardian and BirdLife Australia have run our Bird of the Year poll, a biennial competition to find the country's favourite avian species, to have a bit of fun and to draw attention to their desperate fight for survival. Today, I'm talking to Editor-in-Chief Lenore Taylor and National News Editor Patrick Keneally about why voting for your favourite feathered friend can also help protect Australia's wonderful bird life. It's Friday, the 29th of September. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good morning, Lenore. Morning. Good morning, Patrick. Morning, Gabs. Lenore, which bird are you backing in the Australian Bird of the Year poll and why? You surely know this by now, Gabrielle. <laughs> I, I have do, I backed do. the same bird since the beginning of Bird of the Year, and that is the Gang Gang. The Gang Gang is the emblem of Canberra, where I lived for a long time. It's kind of anthropomorphizing things, but I feel like it's a parrot with attitude. It kind of has mossy red hair and it has a very raspy voice, like it's been out on the whiskies all night. <laughs> and the other thing that endeared the gang gang to me is that it kind of hangs in the trees outside Parliament House eating a red berry at a particular time of the year. And I used to stand near there waiting for taxis or for a lift. And I was actually standing there when Kath Viner called to offer me the editorship of Guardian Australia. So I shared that special moment with a bunch of gang gangs. Oh, my God. Now, if that doesn't convince you to go and vote for the gang gang, what will? I don't know. Patrick, who are you backing? Uh, this year I'm backing the swift parrot. I don't have a personal connection like Lenore to this bird, but it is one that is worthy of support because it's actually quite endangered now. It's down to a few hundred remaining pairs and it's a beautiful bird, a really colourful parrot. It lives mostly in the southeast of Australia, moves between the east coast of Tasmania up into Victoria, sometimes New South Wales and even up to southern Queensland feeding on eucalypt flowers. Colourful, social, has a beautiful call a bit like a group of budgies chatting away to each other but it's really endangered from logging particularly in Tasmania which is still going ahead it's losing its habitat to nest in it relies on those big old trees that have hollows in which it can nest um, there is work being done to recover it but more needs to be done particularly on the front of preventing further habitat loss through logging Margaret Atwood is also a big fan of the swift parrot and went to Tasmania to see it with our very own Adam Morton. She did, and she said the great quote, extinction is a choice. 
Are we making the right choice, Lenore? No, we're not. So what is happening? We know there was a big review, the Samuel Review of the Environmental Laws a couple of years ago, Lenore. What's it up to? Yeah, we don't know is the short answer. So, yeah, Graham Samuel's review was handed to the former Morrison government. It was quite scathing. It found that our major national environment law was not fit for purpose, that if it wasn't changed quite fundamentally, we would see extinctions. The Morrison government didn't respond at all. Labor has promised changes in line with the recommendations, but we haven't seen them yet. They keep getting pushed back. I think they're saying there'll be draft legislation before Christmas. But there's going to be some kind of touch points there, right? Because one of the things Samuel looked at was whether the laws required ministers to properly consider climate change, you know, cue outrage, culture war that we always have when we mention the word climate change, and also that they needed to think about abolishing the exemption from the environment laws for native forest logging, which is covered by the agreements between state and federal governments. And that goes directly to what Pat was just saying about logging being, you know, a fundamental type of habitat destruction that contributes to the extinction of bird life. So it's going to be quite controversial when it comes out. It is coming. They've said they'll do it. We'll see. Patrick, why do we do this poll? We do this poll, I think, largely because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) We all love we love birds. It's joyful. (laughs) It's a bit of joy in our otherwise sometimes miserable existence. (laughs) But uh it's a lot of fun. People love birds. And I think birds particularly are the way that many people who live in cities and increasingly urban environments connect with nature because we are so lucky in Australia that we have these colourful, huge parrots and other species of birds that exist just alongside us in in very urban environments. You know, we can't all go and see kangaroos every day or wombats or other beautiful marsupials that we have in Australia, but we we, we often do and can go and see a huge diversity of bird life, even in in our suburbs when you go on a walk. Um, So for many people, I think it's that connection to nature that we have. Why do we vote on them and rank them? I think, A, it's a, it's a fun exercise, but also it draws attention to some species like the swift parrot, like the uh, black-throated finch that won in our previous poll that need attention to their conservation status and need more intervention to protect their habitat. Yeah, it's good for us and it's good for the birds. Yeah. And as Adam Morton wrote, we are an unashamedly pro-bird publication. <laughs> We are. Patrick, one in six Australian birds are now threatened and Sean Dooley wrote in The Guardian that the listing of more Australian bird species as threatened is alarming, but he said it's also calls for hope because we can come together and take the action needed. Is that what's happening with the swift parrot? The swift parrot has a plan, a recovery plan, which was announced by the Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek to mark Threatened Species Day this year. But it sort of had a lukewarm reception from experts. Uh, They hadn't consulted with experts to develop the plan. And really, once they'd seen a conservation group said, well, there was some meaningful stuff in there, the one big threat the logging of native forests has not been addressed in that, which goes back to Lenore's mm. point about the uh, changes They might be waiting laws. for the APBC exactly. Act changes, yeah. yeah. But that's also, I guess, the idea that it, it's hopeful is partly why we do the whole thing, that underneath it there is a, another bleak news story and, you know, people are, I think, legitimately getting tired of bleak news stories because there's a lot of stuff happening that is not hopeful. But 
focusing on the wonderful birds and why we want to protect them and why we want to celebrate them and why we love them is a way of telling that story in a hopeful way, which is why we do it every two years. There have been some controversies, though, in this poll over the year. And I think this year, Lenore, our national bird, was voted out on only the second day of eliminations. What do you say to the emu being knocked out so early? I say people should have gotten behind the emu more if they wanted to keep it in. I mean, it is a bit brutal, that is said, but that's what makes it exciting. You know, the process is that every day there's a vote and the bottom five birds get knocked out. You know, it's like a sudden bird death in the nicest possible way. <laughs> and, and then it goes dark when there's the final 10 birds and it's very exciting. It's like the Dallium's got nothing on this. It's really, it's a really exciting finish to see what bird comes out on top. So yeah, sometimes there's unexpected results. And look, sadly, the sea eagle is also out, which I was valiantly trying to vote on, on many different devices to to keep it in the race. You, but you <laughs> <had>. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit to that, but uh, yeah. I don't think the Manly Football Club could have got behind it enough. Yeah, we'll have to talk to um, them next time. Well, well, that is often the key to success, right? Like mm. the first winner was the magpie and it looked like the bin chick and the white ibis was going to win that year and there was a whole sort of, I think, ironic kind of bin chicken kind of community pushing the bin chicken and then it appeared Collingwood supporters got behind the Maggie and got it there. So sometimes communities can make a change. So, you know, if you like a bird and there's, it's associated with your town, like the gang gang in Canberra. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Now. Communities can sometimes attempt to rig the vote too, Patrick. Oh. Yeah, we've had a few controversies in the past. You know, sometimes it can be for a good reason, like the Adani campaign is getting behind the black throated finch, but sometimes also there's some people out there using a few dark arts to try and manipulate. But we're on to them, right? Mm. We're on to them. We've got ways. And one particular example was the Powerful Owl where Nick Evershed and Andy Ball, our developers who created the poll tool, noticed some unusual patterns of voting behaviour which seemed to suggest that someone was putting in multiple votes, one individual was putting in multiple votes for the Powerful Owl. Like a Powerful Owl bot. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole lot of votes were taken off the Powerful Owl. So don't try yeah, it. So don't try it is the lesson. Don't try it again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We've got better security now. <laughs> and in the first poll, which we did, the result was highly anticipated and people really wanted to know who the winner would be. And I came into the office very early to get ready for our big announcement. I found out that somebody on Twitter had already announced the result. And this was about an hour before we were due to announce it. And I went into full panic mode. I was about to do a Stasi-like interrogation of all staff <laughs> and knew the results to see who had leaked it. But it turned out that it was somebody who had gone into the source code of the website and found a way to find the result early. But we fixed that as well. We have learnt many lessons mm. over the years, haven't mm. we? And Gabs, you haven't told us your bird. Well, my bird has always been the sulfur-crested cockatoo and absolutely shockingly, it's been voted out on Thursday. After all the times you tried to rig the poll. To get <laughs> I didn't to try to rig the poll, Patrick. <laughs> I just put lots of photos of the sulfur-crested cockatoo on every bird-related thing we put out. Oh, and you also, so I have gang-gang earrings for the occasion and you bought sulfur-crested cockatoos, but you're not even I voting did. for it. I No, well, I didn't vote for it this year because I get my breakfast and I sit at my dining room table and the king parrot has appeared to me <laughs> three days in 
a row on my deck at that time. And I think, you know, in the column that Imogen Dewey wrote about why she's voting for the peregrine falcon, she said, sometimes a bird chooses you. And I think the king parrot chose me this year. Okay, and now we're going to put it on our producer, Miles Herbert. What's your bird? Very similarly to Gabriella, the tawny frogmouth chose me. Uh, I'm not from Australia, and when I first moved to this country, I lived right next to the Cooks River. And on my very first day here, I went for a walk, and a tawny frogmouth followed me. And since wow. that moment, I've just been so in love. So all these stories of connections with birds. Yeah. But Lenore, the tawny frogmouth is really neck and neck with the gang gang, so... I know, I know. <laughs> I have work to do. <laughs> Next. Reform and the final weeks before the referendum. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here. At Guardian Australia, we want to make sure you're getting the news that matters in 2023. Our morning mail and afternoon update newsletters are short and capture the most important headlines of the day. If that sounds good, you can subscribe for free right now by visiting the Guardian homepage, searching Guardian Australia newsletters, or just downloading our app and you'll get daily notifications. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now we come to what we can't get out of our head. Lenore, what is it for you this week? Look, there are a lot of big stories around this week, but the one that I've been trying to sort of get into amongst all of, you know, Dan Andrews resigning and everything else is the reports that came out about PwC. You know, that was such a scandal and it's kind of clear that they're really managing the outcome of the scandal really well. Ziggy Swatowski's independent report, it was like a governance review, came out this week. And it was interesting. It was basically looking at a culture where what mattered most was who you knew and how chummy you were and how in the club you were and how what really stuffed your career in PwC was questioning or having a dissenting view and how that could have been what led to the behaviours of, you know, giving away secret information to clients. Um, but then they also issued another document later that was sort of a far more searing statement of facts where additional breaches of confidentiality were revealed. So PwC is doing things, but I guess I've kind of booknoted it in my mind that we need to look at it more because it just felt like the whole thing was also very managed. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely one we have to follow, isn't it? Patrick, what can't you get out of your head? Look, this week and, you know, for the past few weeks, I've been heavily involved in running our coverage for the voice referendum. And to me, 
even though I've been following it along, I think I've been really shocked by some of the language mm. that's been used this week from the No campaign in particular. So we had Warren Mundine yesterday, you know, reposting a tweet in which a boxer, Anthony Mundine, said he'd like to fight the leading yes advocate, Thomas Mayo. He's also talked about declarations of war. Plus, we have all this language about elites. We've had Jared Rennick out there talking about New World Order. It's just like, it's an avalanche of just terrible, terrible misinformation. Um, an aggressive you know, Aggressive, violent symbolism that, uh, you know, I think it's going to do a lot of damage and I don't know how it's all going to be turned around. And our Indigenous Affairs yeah. editor, Lorena Allum, has written about that for The Guardian this week. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lenore. Thanks, Gabs. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Gabs. Go King Parrot. Gang, gang. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today. You can vote for your favourite bird over at theguardian.com. Vote every day if you like between now and the end of the poll. And Thursday is the final day, Thursday the 5th of October, with the winner announced on Friday the 6th of October. Vote soon, vote often, vote one King Parrot. Full Story will be back with you on Monday. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Koning, who also wrote our theme tune. The executive producer was me, Gabrielle Jackson. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.